0: All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? What the fucksters? How's it happening? How is it happening? Tell me how it's happening. I think I meant to say, how's it going? And I said, how's it happening? My manager, who's from Australia, says, how you going? How you going? I guess that's fine. It's odd. Every time I hear it, it strikes me as unusual. Hey, how you going? What? Do you, I don't know what that means. I'm going i'm down like everyone else no i'm going I'm going crazy I'm going i don't know what how are you going I'm going i i guess I'm gonna go straight up to 101 and get off at koanga what do you, how about you how are you going where are we going exactly just to the end how are you going to the end so look ice cube is on the uh uh, on the show today. This, this was supposed to happen a long time ago. It was supposed to happen back in 2017 and he had to cancel. Uh, but now it's happening. I, I th- I'd like to think O'Shea Jr. had something to do with it, but when I brought it up to to cube, it was not it, it didn't seem like he talked to his kid at all about it. It just was time. I, I'm not sure why, but I remember back in the original booking, I was sort of like, man, that guy's just intense. I, you know, all I know is that's, you know, like I know the music, some of it, I know some of the acting, but that scowl that, that seems to have been there. It's just a a cultural constant for what, 30 years now or whatever. And I remember being nervous saying, like, how am I going to approach that guy? Is that guy can even have a conversation? Is he going to, is he going to just stand me down? What is going to happen with Ice Cube? I remember being nervous about it then. But uh, you know him. He's a, he's a brilliant artist. He's he's known for being in the legendary rap group NWA. He's, he's got decades of solo records. Performances in movies like Boys in the Hood, Friday, Three Kings, genius. Barbershop, 21 Jump Street. He's also the co-founder of this kind of, I'm, I'm not even a sports guy, but I like the idea of this, this three-on-three basketball league, uh, Big Three, which is what he he's on the show for, but we did the talk. We did the thing. And I don't know. Yeah. You know, I kept, I kept trying to think, is there a way for me to kind of, uh, you know, nicely kind of like, so, you know, the Jew thing, you know, yeah, I'm Jew. I'm Jew. Uh, the Jew thing. Where are you at? But I, I just didn't, I didn't want to ruin the vibe. I, you know, I just, I was so thrilled that uh, we were having a conversation. He seemed to loosen up and uh, kind of like have moments where he was remembering things. I'm like, you're going to fuck this up to what to service what? And I went with no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to enjoy the company of one of the, uh, the 20th century's major artists, Ice Cube. And that is what happened. So if you're going to get all righteous and get all weird and sit there wondering whether or not uh, I took him to task for his uh, past comments about the Jews as a Jew, I did not. And as a Jew, I sat here and talked to him, and had a nice conversation. So it's not that bad. But then again, I didn't open the conversation with, yeah, I'm a Jew. But uh, I, I am kind of thrilled with how the conversation went. So that's that. So here's what's happening in the house. I decided in my intense sort of weird aggravation that I don't do anything that brings me joy in in a, in a, in a consistent way. I don't know what those things are, you know, like I, 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 you know, what can I do that would make me happy? I decided, well, why don't you paint some of the house? Cause you know, it's pretty dinged up and it's getting to that point where I get so anxiety ridden about my house sort of collapsing in different ways, not collapsing, collapsing, but just there being problems here and there with paint, things breaking down, things wear down, things need work. That's just the nature of being a homeowner. The last home I had, I got so stressed out by it all and doing all this stuff piecemeal, maybe not even doing quality work or having quality work done. I just sold the fucking thing. It was full of ghosts and weirdness anyways, just from the life I lived there. Uh, You know, a lot of joy, a lot of darkness, a lot of pain in that house. So this house, like, these are normal things. Hey, man, you need a little touch-up. You need some painting done. Have the painter come over. But Jesus, man, I tell you, I, I got and I need the house needs to be painted. It's just been pummeled over the last however many years. It's all faded out and the rain kind of didn't number. I need the house painted. So I got an estimate on the house and on the interior stuff I wanted to get done. I didn't want to move everything. I got three cats. I have three fucking cats. You guys know this. It's my whole life revolves around these fucking cats. I, I anthropomorphize, I project, I, I'm constantly concerned about cats. You know, what are we going to do with cats back in the day? I didn't know if I could move out of my old house because I didn't know where Boomer would go. Cause he was an outdoor cat, but I, something happened to Boomer. He disappeared. So maybe it was a, a sign. It was a sad sign, but anyway, so I had the guys come over and they got to paint the house 7am. I didn't know it was going to happen so quick. I thought I had a month or two before this all started 7am. I've got to get two cats in one room, one cat in the other room. Cause that's just the way it plays out. It's easier. You know, Charlie, Charlie Beans Roscoe has his own room. The other two, Fat Sam and uh, Buster, they, you know, they, they got, I mean, I mean to make comments, He's not that fat, it's a little pudgy, but. You know, they go in my room, so I got to lock them in. Then I got to do all the the different feeding. Everyone's got to get their different food, their medical food, the separate, three separate foods. And then the guys come and they're, you know, the cats are freaked out, but they're locked up. And they're in the house sanding and, you know, painting. And I and I, don't, I didn't even get a decorator involved. I didn't want to take any chances with color. So I'm just getting the same color. So three days of that, you know, just, you know, painting, you know, just doing a big chunk of the inside downstairs, mostly the hallway, the kitchen, the molding. So I spend all this time, you know, trying to, you know, keep the cats uninvolved and so they could open the door and have freely. And there was, it was a mess and it was making me crazy. It got me very depressed. It got me very anxious. And it was all because my baseline, you know, my, you know, the stuff, the routine that keeps me sane in my house was totally disrupted. And I knew it would be over. I, I even, I, I don't think I always conceive of that. I, sometimes I'm like, you know, this is, it's going to be done. You know, I never think like that because of my anxiety. It's like, oh my God, it's going to be terrible. It, it's going to be done. Three days. The guy said, three days. I'm like, all right, I'll deal, I'll deal, I'll deal. So I've been, I took all this care of keeping those cats separated, you know, from the action. And they, they were fine in the rooms, you know. So they finished all the painting and I'm like, great, man. It, it all worked out. And I said, how long is it going to take the paint to dry? And they're like, you know, about an hour and a half. It should be dry enough. And I'm like, great. So I waited two hours and then I fucking just let the cats out. And, you know, I go out and do a thing. I come back and I see that, that Charlie, I pick Charlie up and it's, he's got paint all over his fucking paws. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And then I walk up the stairs halfway on the landing and there's a little fucking cat footprints everywhere in paint. And I'm like, how the fuck did this happen? He found the one goddamn place in the entire goddamn house where there was a pooled up bit of wet paint on some uh, wainscoting, I think is what is what it is. Basically, it was just a little pool of white paint in the entire house. This fucking monster finds the one spot where there's a little bit of paint, sticks his fucking paws in it and then tracks it all over the goddamn wood floor. Livid. Now I'm worried, like, I got to get out of his paws. What if he eats paint? Is it going to come off the floor? And it was just like everything. Now, look, I'm telling you, this is not it's not a death. It's not, you know, a huge panic. You know, I didn't lose all my money. But Jesus Christ, I was like, after everything I did to manage this situation, to have some control, this little fuck, you know, just dips his hand in the paint for no reason but to track it around Charlie Beans Roscoe is the ultimate fuck kitten. He's the ultimate fucking kitten because he just, he's so kitten-y. He does all the good shit and all the bad shit in equal measure. Just track that fucking paint all over the goddamn wood floor. So I just grabbed him and I got a wet paper, I got a wet towel, and I got dug into his paw, his paws. I got all the fucking paint out. Then I got the paint off the floor, and then I put that little fucker in his room just for a fucking timeout. And it was over. It was over. Like, he's even going to register the punishment. What day is today? Thursday? Tomorrow night, I'm at Largo with the band. All right? And on... uh, Where else? I'm going to be at uh, Dynasty Typewriter on May 16th. You can go to wtfpod.com slash tour for the ticket link. Listen, here we go. All right? Ice Cube is here to, I, well, he's here to talk about Ice Cube stuff because that's what I do, but the new season of his basketball league, Big 3, tips off next month. Go to Big3, the number three, dot com uh, for schedules and tickets, and we get into it. And I, I feel like it was pleasant. I feel like he kind of let his guard down and he wasn't scowling at me the whole time, which I thought was his natural position of his face. This is me talking, Ice Cube. You can help, you know, modulate your voice better.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, I'm definitely uh, familiar with that on this mic, so <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna sound good and shit. You don't want to. It does sound
0: good. Yeah. You know, it's weird. I was just, uh, I don't know, you know, like I didn't know how to get into, you know, where we're we gonna talk about. There's a lot to talk about, but. I have a copy. You know, I'm a vinyl guy. Mm-hmm. You know, like every other middle aged asshole. So I have the first record. I have your first record.
1: Yeah, which one which first record? My that you're NWA solo. or no, solo. Your solo. America's Most Wanted.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I put it on and it's clean as fuck and it's uh I think it's original. You know, it's not a reissue. Mm. The production is so
1: good. My God. You know I'm, we had the bomb squad yeah. due the do the production. And they've done they've done a lot of hits, but they've done public you know, public Enemy, yeah. all their early yeah. hits yeah. was from the bomb squad. So
0: But it's just it holds up. It's crazy. It's so clean, it's so balanced, and it just and and to hear it on vinyl, I think it makes a difference.
1: It does. Yeah. Vinyl is a lot warmer. Yeah. You know, you can feel you know, I, I heard DJ Quick talk about uh tape yeah. over digital. Yeah, and he said the tape not only captures what's you know being yeah. recorded, but it also captures the vibe in the room. Right, and you can't digital doesn't capture that. But right, but the the room vibe actually makes it onto the tape. Uh, yeah, like
0: you know you can definitely hear that in the music, but you can also hear it when you're talking. It just you can hear. I don't know how much how many did you do on vinyl? Did you release them all on records?
1: Um I think eventually they all came out on records but you know when when CDs came in Yeah yeah, yeah. it's easier. And and you know cuz singles and all that crazy stuff <laughs> yeah, yeah. like vinyl started to yeah. to die. You know, I think once they made the the CD player where you can scratch on it and sure. do all yeah, the yeah. stuff you could on vinyl, yeah. then it was over. It was the beginning of the end or the end of the end or something like that it was just a transition yeah from from something that was just common to now it's vintage right and also i mean it it was just more convenient to cd you know records take up a lot of
0: space man
1: yeah yeah but you know um so does your clothes in your house you know it's personal (laughs) you know what i'm saying like who gives a damn that's right like I remember record collections being as big as people's book libraries. I, yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. and people loved them and they cherished it and yeah. it's I remember um hearing the story of a lady who had the you know, cops was on her shit. She yeah. had to up and leave. Right and left everything, Yeah, and she cried the most about her vinyl collection. Oh. <laughs> not her pictures of her mom, not, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just the vinyl collection. Yeah, That's all she uh, bitched about. Did she get it back? No. Oh, she didn't get nothing back. <laughs> you know, it's probably still down with the government. This <laughs> happened in the
0: 80s. Oh, yeah? Did you grow up with records?
1: Yeah. Yeah? Your yeah. folks had records? Yeah. And my brothers and sisters, you know, they— a little older than me, like eight, nine, ten years older. Than oh, so they had the old records. So they had everything. You yeah, know. where'd you grow the up with? Dirty to? records. Yeah, I got it from Red you know, Fox. Red, you know, Red Fox. Uh, <laughs> it was a rapper named Blowfly back then. Yeah. You know, he had a song called "Rap Dirty." You yeah, know what I mean, and it was like it blew my mind as a kid. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: yeah. Well, you weren't supposed to be listening to it. Not supposed to be listening to that. Yeah. You know. Richard Pryor records. Oh, yeah.
0: I've got a bunch know. of uh, old Red Fox records because, you know, I'm a comic, so I collect the comedy. And there's a later Red Fox record. Just called, I think it's just called You Gotta Wash Your Ass.
1: Yeah, you gotta wash your ass. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> like I, I used to love to see those old, You know, what they call blue records. The party records. Yeah. 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 Well, see, I was too young to party, so they was just dirty. Right,
0: but they were those old ones with Red Fox and, like, the little head, and they were all, like, two colors, and there's a series of them.
1: Red Fox got a great line. It's like... He said, "I smoke, I drink, I do everything." You know, he said, "The worst thing to do is to die of nothing." <laughs> it's like, <laughs> here's a man who died of everything. nothing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh man, he was he was so fucking funny. Yeah, I mean, like I never saw him like do live comedy. You know, there's a that you know that great story about him coming out on the stage in Vegas. It's a comedian story. No, no, I've heard. Of it. Uh, well, he's, it's a Red Fox show. And for some reason, there's like nine people in the audience. There's nobody there. It's in oh, Vegas, right? Yeah, yeah. So so uh so the announcer goes, well, ladies and gentlemen, Red Fox. And they play the Sanford thing like, that did it. but And he comes walking out. And he goes, nine people? I ain't working for nine fucking people. And he walks off and they hit the theme again da, 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 goes off
1: damn ain't that something <laughs> it's funny I, I, mean, I know nine people is pretty much it's like man just come to my dressing room have a couple of drinks you know <laughs> right. let's kick it we can talk <laughs> shit
0: but I like there's a moment where the band has to make a decision I, I guess we better play them off yeah. anyways exactly you know
1: what I mean I mean we getting paid So. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly
0: how much do you think about music now
1: all the time I'm working on an album right now called Man Down yeah, what's the angle? Man, men are getting it. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. Know, you know, you know, that saying, you know, we got a man down here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yo, so, yeah. That's How's the it thing. feel? It feels great. You know what I mean? It feels, you know, it got a lot of soul in it. So it's great.
0: Do you feel like, you know, because I, like, listening to, I listened to the last record and I listened to the first record just now. What do you think has changed with you? I mean, where what are you mostly thinking about? Has the themes changed? Has anything gotten better or different in how you're approaching
1: things or what you're worried about? I mean, I hope I've gotten better. You know, know what I sure, mean? Of but, course. but but uh you know, things they just you know, it's it's in a blender, you yeah. know what I mean? So you know, you can, you can blend things perfectly or you can blend it too much and, you know what I'm saying, make yeah. trash. So sure, everything is constantly moving, but, you know, there's always something to rap about, you know. Well, yeah, and, let it, and, like
0: what do you, like what do you, because, I mean, all the records are really political on some level, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, you know, in the last record, I guess, what was that, 2017, 2018? Yeah. You know, you took rightful, you know, justified hits at you know the awful president fascism race but do you feel that anything is shifting is that anything more concerning to you like do you, are you optimistic about anything
1: uh of course you know i'm optimistic you know that good will prevail o- over evil yeah you know I, i'm very optimistic of that yeah um, and but you know there's a process to that um you know we still just fighting a good fight yeah. you know it's it's um it's unique to be in a position of you know privilege in a lot of ways because of my music career and yeah. acting career yeah. but it, but you know still speaking for people that i know yeah people i love that still are suffering you yeah. know under the 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 weight of this crazy unfair you know institutionalized
0: system, system. Institutionalized yeah institutionalized racism without a doubt
1: yeah you know it's, it's, in to, it's institutionalized richism yeah. you know it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, kind of yeah, more yeah. than racism you sure know, it's 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 a big issue that we all know is there yeah and you know the gap what are we gonna do about it that's yeah. the question what are we gonna do about it um i don't know you know it's like yeah I guess you know it's really about getting people information that they don't have, and, and yeah, and letting them you know.
0: What keeps you optimistic? How like do um, you, like I just talked. You know Titus Burgess, he's a you know musical guy, singer. He's good, he's, um, a, I just talked to him. We talked about faith for an hour. I don't know how oh. it happened, <laughs> but we
1: did. Um, I mean you know the sun coming up makes me optimistic. Does you it? Know, I mean looking at a blue. Pretty sky. Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the 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 things that were here before our craziness. Yeah. Um makes me optimistic. You yeah. know, that they'll they'll be here after our craziness and hopefully I'll be around too. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I talked to I talked to your son. Oh uh, yeah. O'Shea Jr. I
0: did I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: We got some laughs. Yeah, I mean he's a He's a funny dude. He is funny. He's very funny. Yeah. Very energetic and entertaining.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're proud of him?
1: Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, a father couldn't ask for a better son. Yeah. You know, somebody who is just a good guy. He is a good guy. At the end of the day, that's all we want to raise is is good people. Well, you did it. (laughs) Well, you know, I, I give credit to my wife, Kim. Yeah. You know, she was there lot more than me, you know, she's more <laughs> consistently you know, uh, yeah, yeah. making sure that you know we we have good kids, yeah, and what about your folks? My folks are great, you know, they're still around, thank God, does everybody live close by? um my pops is still living in the house I grew up in, you know, yeah, <laughs> you know, so he he don't go nowhere. My mom's <laughs> is in Long Beach, you yeah. know, uh she went out there, um I think she went. Out there to get closer to my sister, uh-huh.
0: I, but they're all in the L.A.
1: area. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You could throw a rock and so hit their house.
0: So your dad's still in the house he grew up in. That's that's his choice. I imagine he has another choice at this point. Yes,
1: he does. But he's like, I bought this house with my own money. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know what? What can you say? Yeah. You know. And also, it's like the neighborhood, right? Like he knows everybody. Yes. Everybody right. knows him. Right. I mean he's the king over there. You yeah. Know? so it's like <laughs> why leave? Why why leave your kingdom, you know, to yeah. to to be a stranger in somebody else's neighborhood. Yeah. Cause I was
0: talking to O'Shea Jr. about uh you know, when he was a kid and watching you work, and there's a, a moment where you know you shift from off stage you to on stage you. Yeah. And it's very specific, right? You drop into on
1: stage you. Well, yeah, I think we all got our the part of us that our kids don't see and then the part of us that, you know, we yeah. become dad and mom.
2: Sure. And all yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah.
1: so I, I definitely think it it's that times ten. Right. You see what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: was it, when you started out uh rapping, was there was there a sense that you were, you know, that on stage you was you were obviously serious and you meant business, but yeah. was there a sense that there was it was a character?
1: Well, I don't see what Any I difference? do as yeah. a character, sure. You know, I see it as um, me, you know, talking about what I've seen, yeah, what I've done, yeah, and what I've heard about, you right. know, and putting it in a way that people can relate to it, you right? Know what I'm saying, yeah, and and also, um, taking on the fury that i know that's there the 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 anger that's there yeah. the humor that's there yeah you know what i mean yeah. the, the all the things that i know is bottled up within our community i put it in music it comes through
2: you yeah
0: yeah and i guess like it's it's a strange thing onstage on stage persona off stage persona but like there's a way we deliver the shit you know what i mean yeah
1: i mean you know i think we all bring our upbringing with yeah, us yeah and um, I think that's the reason why we're in a position that we're in. It's, it's uh, you know, authenticity yeah. to it. Yeah. And, and uh, people know we know what the hell we're talking about.
0: But also there's a sense, like, you know, I guess the, what I'm getting at, because, I mean, everyone, most people have seen the movie of, you know, straight out of compton and we and they know the story but like there was this a point you know where i guess the reason i bring up character it's not like i wasn't trying to be uh condescending or anything but that you're i mean you shifted into acting you're very pretty easily you know like it seemed like it was in you
1: well I, I was discovered by john singleton
0: that guy's the best right yeah
1: yeah i was discovered by him but everybody knew you already right everybody knew me as a as a rapper, well, I don't know if everybody knew me, yeah. but I was a part of N.W.A. Right, Eazy E was like the most famous so you guy. Were, but you were still in, in NWA, N.W.A.
0: when Singleton found you.
1: Was yeah, that- I, had, I was just leaving the group. Okay, I was just leaving the group. Oh, um, so you weren't? You
2: didn't have the solo. I, I was actually
1: yet. part of. I was actually still part of N.W.A. when I met him. But by the time we did the movie, I had went solo. Yeah, and I had met him two years before doing the movie. Uh-huh. And and he just kind of popped up every now and then saying, "I got this perfect movie for you." And I'm like, "I'm not an actor." So I didn't really understand it. You know, it's kind of like somebody is yeah. like walks up to you and be like, "Yeah, I got the perfect race car for you to drive." Sure. And you're like, <laughs> "Uh, okay, okay, dude. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? I don't I don't do that." You didn't but- think
0: about it at all.
1: Not not one bit, and I never thought he was going to be able to do a movie because he was still a junior at USC. Oh, is that when he started coming? He started coming at me as a junior. I met him as an intern working on the Arsenio Hall show. Really? Yeah, I was I was I was backstage because I wanted to give Arsenio a piece of my mind about what he had the two live crew on, yeah. but he wouldn't have NWA on, but. He never knew this, you know, cuz yeah. I never got a chance to talk to him cuz he was from his dressing room, he went right on stage. You can do it now. And John he's Singleton, around. It's cool now, you know. <laughs> but, but John Singleton was there talking my ear off, mm. you know. He's the intern. Yes. Yeah. He's like, "Yo, you're you're Ice Cube from NWA, right?" Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, yeah." Yeah. So I got the perfect movie for you. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, Watch out, man. You know, movie. What are you talking about? I'm trying to be the best rapper in the world. I'm here to yell at Arsenio. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm here to to be the best rapper in the world, tell Arsenio he need to have NWA on. How'd you get backstage? How'd they let you in? Um, I forgot who got it gave me some love. I got some love from from Somebody I knew up there at Paramount oh. and just gave me love and got me backstage.
0: Oh, it didn't happen, though. Did Arsenio know you were there? I'm Anything?
1: glad I didn't see Arsenio. Yeah. Okay. Because then I wouldn't have talked to John Singleton for so long. <laughs> right. And I probably wouldn't have, I wouldn't be sitting right he, here, probably. So,
0: Wow. He planted the seed anyway. He had the time to ke- get your mind on it.
1: Well, he had the time to make an impression. Yeah. So the second time I seen him, I didn't forget him.
0: Right. Where'd you see him the second
1: time? Second time, um, we was at the Bonaventure Hotel, and I'm walking through, and he he runs up, and he's like, yo, uh, remember me? I'm like, no. And he's like... Arsenio, backstage, boom, yeah. boom, boom. Yeah. I got the perfect movie for you. <laughs> right. I'm a senior now. And yeah. you know, I'm like, okay. Yeah. And um, didn't see him again, you know, for, for another, maybe another... After I broke up with the group, I saw him because yeah. Public Enemy played Hollywood Palladium. Yeah. Was it Palladium? Yeah, Hollywood Palladium. Yeah. Um, And so... He's he's at the show and he yeah. comes up and he's talking my ear off in the parking lot.
0: He's always talking your ear talking off. Talking my guy. ear
1: off in the parking lot about the movie. He's yeah. like telling me the whole movie. Yeah. And I'm halfway listening. Yeah. You know, um, and everybody leaves. Like, it's just us two left.
2: <laughs> he's still talking.
1: Still talking. And and his his ride leaves him. Yeah. And he he's like. Can you give me a ride home to my dorm? <laughs> like you little, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't leave him out here. He's yeah, a yeah, little yeah, cool yeah, dude. It's yeah. two in the morning. Yeah, you know I don't want him to get killed out here or something. I said, all right, man. I drive him home, and he's you know yeah. I don't see him again
2: <laughs> for <laughs>
1: another at least nine months. Yeah, and then my my manager says. Drops a script in front of me. Somebody want to put you in a movie. Yeah. Who? what? Yeah. Huh? Well, throw the sides in my back pocket. Yeah. Don't read the script. Throw that in my back seat. So you're just going in for the to read the sides? I'm going to read the sides. And this, he should give me the script on Monday. Yeah. I read on Thursday or something. Yeah. First time? First time ever doing something like this. Yeah. So I go solo. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm, I go in there. And it's his little ass sitting there like, told you. (laughs) And I'm like, whoa, you, oh, this is real. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm terrible. Like, my read, my my my, my read is terrible. Yeah. And he's like, Man, you didn't read my script, did you? I'm like, no, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. (laughs) Yeah. He's I'm gonna give you one more shot. Yeah. Go read my script Mm -hmm. and come back tomorrow. Yeah. I hope you better, because if you this bad tomorrow, you're done. I, I gotta find a, a, a real actor. Yeah, yeah. So, oh wow! After all those years of he of him being so sure, man, he, he, the pressure was on. Well, he he saw a vision. You know, that's that's the classic tale of somebody seeing something in you yeah. that you might not even seeing yourself. Sure. Yeah. And um, I thank God for John Singleton that he was that persistent and he helped me through the movie you know it kind of helped me become good in the movie so you went home and you read it i read it i was blown away oh yeah because i was like damn this is my neighborhood like this is how we grew up Yo, so you what knew the it. hell yeah i was like i could play any of these characters you know right, what i mean i could right. play any any of these yeah. guys yeah. i know them like yeah. i grew up with them yeah and i'm like is this movie worthy like <laughs> It's how we grew up, that's yeah. people wanna make movies yeah. about that? I was yeah. I was blown away that yeah. that was the subject matter. I saw the title Boys in the Hood, but I I thought, you know, I don't know what I thought. Well, I mean there hadn't been a movie like that. What the hell are you gonna think? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah right? not about not about South Central Los Angeles in that detail. The life. Yeah. In an honest way. Growing up. You yeah. Know, in all three different aspects. You know, yeah. and, and you have those three different guys in the neighborhood. Yeah. In every neighborhood, you have, you know, those three characters. Yeah, you know, you got a sports guy, you got the banger, and you got the guy that just want to live. Right, and don't want to do none of that.
2: Yeah.
0: You know? Well, yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a masterpiece that movie. I think he's kind of a genius. You know, it's so sad that he died so young. It is. You know, yeah, that is sad. You know, um, I thought like I watch baby boy like once a year, probably. Yeah,
1: it's Incredible. He, uh, he deep dives, you know?
2: Yeah.
0: Deep dive. There's stuff in that movie in both the boys in the hood, but in baby boy too, that's just sort of like, fuck. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. How, how, authentic, how honest it is. There's some honest, emotional shit in that
1: movie. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. Yeah.
0: You know? So what did you learn from him? How that gave you confidence?
1: Yeah, def- definitely gave me confidence that um, follow your vision. No but matter, you... no matter how, no matter how new you are to an industry, yeah, follow your vision.
0: So it gave you a whole new part of your vision, though, right? You weren't anticipating any of that.
1: No, you know we we shot videos and we yeah. you know, made videos cool as we could and as movie like as we could and our music was cinematic. You know yeah. we had special effects and all kind of yeah yeah you know sonic things going on. So we were kind of prepping for it. We all had camcorders and we was vil- right now filming different. Yeah different stuff sure. in our lives we yeah. was making up skits and yeah, so it was kind of like um I don't know you know what was the trip when I was in in middle school you know what I'm saying yeah. um I went to to Hughes and then Hughes closed down <laughs> and then Parkman yeah but they put me in like a a, a film like watch movies and critique them kind of class. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> you know, I'm watching movies like Citizen Kane and yeah. Great Expectations. Yeah. And, you know, I'm watching these old movies. Wow. And I have to first not yeah. fall asleep and pay attention. <laughs> yeah. And then I have to write down, like, what they're about and, you know, why wow, huh. is this movie great? And, yeah. And, you know, it it and, and it's kind of like, you know, between that and a t- and a typing class that I got, where I learned how to rap in that class. I mean, I started rapping in my typing class. Like, really? These two eyeball-ass classes helped me later on in life when I started to Don't, actually it, 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 write movies. I right. needed that typing class, and I needed to know what was a— you know bullshit movie compared to what was a great movie you know right. with the with that little class so sometimes god knows what you're gonna do before you do it any you know so if you find yourself somewhere and you don't understand why yeah just fucking pay attention right you know you might learn something that you need later on Wait. in life why how'd you why did you start rapping in typing class i was bored <laughs> I was fast, so I was yeah. good. You could do so it, so I, w- yeah. I could finish fast. Yeah, and me and it's a trip. Me and this other guy, dude named Kiddo, yeah. you know, he was like, I think he was, I think he was a little dope dilly. You know, yeah. yeah. He, in, in junior high, he would come with Corvettes and you <laughs> know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he would have all this stuff. Like, yeah. right? So we find ourselves in this same class with yeah. all these you know people i guess they wanted to be secretaries or whatever you know yeah they,
0: it was so i took it too
1: you know i yeah. mean it was one of those things you sort of had to take for whatever it was an elective a skill and yeah. I, and, I, and i i never met my counselor to get my electives yeah so they just gave you what was left over right and so these were the classes left over so i guess me and him were in the same boat cuz yeah. we never made our yeah m- met our counselor anyway yeah. we find ourselves in this class and we both good at it. Like we both can type. You know what I'm saying? And uh, we finish early. And one day he look at me and he say, "Hey, you ever write a rap before?" And I'm like, "Uh, no. I like rap. I've, I've heard rap, but i this is 1983." Yeah. And um, he says, "You write one. I write one. And yeah. we figure out which one's the best." Yeah. So I start writing. You know, I'm thinking of trying to rhyme are you my typing head. it no I wrote it okay, I wrote yeah. it in, I wrote it by hand yeah and after class we go in the hallway and he spit his rap and, and his was he had bit all these different raps that I've heard before I'm like I heard that line on two or three records like yeah. you're, you're you're like stealing people's yeah. raps right and I, mine was original it yeah. wasn't great but it was original Do you remember it uh, I remember my first line. Uh, my name is Ice Cube, and I want you to know, I'm not run DMC or Curtis Blow. That that was my first line. Introduction. Yeah, yeah. So I just never stopped writing after that day. <laughs> he stopped. He knew he was whack. Yeah. But I I kept going. You like bugging it. people, wanting people to hear my raps. Nobody wanted to hear. Them. Yeah. And um. Yeah, you know, it was from them two classes, and I ended up, you know, years later needing all that To stuff. find your life. Yes.
0: Well, you know, typing, like, that, like, as odd as it seems, it's like one of the most— If you can do it fast, it's one of the most important skills in this world now, because everybody has to type. It was, everybody. like, almost, like, prophetic. Back then, you're thinking, what, am I going to work in an office? Now everybody
1: has to type. It was a manual typewriter. Yeah, of course. So you had to—I mean, my fingers— Cramped up for the first two weeks of class because you had to hit those things yeah so damn hard, but yeah you know now learn a skill who who knew the computer would be exactly. so big in our life yeah and and typing you know I type out all my scripts I've you know scripts that I've wrote I've actually wrote them yeah I didn't are you fast? I didn't uh you know I'm not as fast as I used to be <laughs> yeah but but um. You know, I didn't dictate anything. Right, it was just handwritten. So or typed. Right. So that
0: that first rap, though, it like you just like it, it was almost like addictive. Yes. Because you, you could see it on the paper and you could it see it on creative. phone. It was creative. Right.
1: Yeah. And, and I, immediate. Yes. And it was cool. Nobody really did it back really, then. Really, it wasn't a thing. It wasn't a thing. You know, it was like. You know, it's like playing guitar or something, like sure. only the cool kids did. Right. You so know now, what I'm saying? So, so now you got you a magic to, skill. Yes. And, and and we had, like, we would have these rap battles on the quad. And those know? were the first ones. They didn't exist before that. No. Yeah. No, I mean, not— They became a thing. Yeah, I mean, you saw the New York battles, the old school VHS tapes of right, right. BZB versus, you know, sure. Kumo D, whatever. Yeah. You know? yeah. but, but as far as rap battles, you know— we were setting them up. We was going up to other high schools, battling people, hopping the fence. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah, Sneaking yeah. in and, yeah. like, you know, battling on the quad and then running out for you got, you know, ex- out. expelled or yeah. arrested or whatever. So it was do, fun. Do you remember when it got heavy? Uh, what you mean
0: by heavy? I mean when the subject matter shifted. You know, because it sounds like it was just fun.
1: I mean, it shifted when it, you know— the message yeah from from Grandmaster Flash and the Furious five like that song for me that's when when it switched yeah. it was like oh damn you yeah. can actually Talk about things that's real. Yeah. You know, and yeah. just, you know, who rocks the party, rock the party. Yeah. DJ, you know, it's all that first, first. But then it's like uh, broken glass everywhere. People yeah. pissing on the stage, you know, they just don't care. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, damn, it's yeah.
0: real. So... And you already had the skills to, r- to rhyme,
1: so you could just put it in, load it up. What it is, is like a few different things kind of hit the... You know, Hard Times by Run-D.M.C. Yeah. It was another record. Yeah. Um, Ice-T was 6 in the morning. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, you can not only talk about what's going on in New York, but, damn, we could talk about what's going on in LA too. Yeah. So we started to do mixtapes where we would talk about the neighborhood. Yeah. And they was just selling like hotcakes. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it was like, this is our style to talk about the neighborhood. Yeah. Not not try to be, you know, Rakim or try to be Keras One or somebody, but but just do what we do. Right. And we may not never get famous. See, we never thought we were going to be big from doing this hardcore music. Yeah. We thought it was going to be where the. Red Fox Records were right, Eddie Murphy <laughs> right. in the yeah, blue yeah. section, yeah, and, yeah, and that was going to be our your li- our life, but yeah. but it was cool because it was real. We was, we was happy to be neighborhood stars. you know. Yeah. as long as we were stars in the neighborhood, the world wasn't bigger than sure the twenty mile radius right. anyway. Right, so, so it's like your dad, like you know, he's still staying there. Yeah, because, he's still there because yeah, yeah. he's the king of the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, we was we was happy with that, yeah. And then something else happened. You know, it was an explosion, and we just we rode a wave that I'm still riding.
0: It's interesting the way you talk about the shift, you know, of subject matter and what inspired you, because but well, that's what that's what Singleton did. Yes, you know, and you didn't no. you did anticipate it until you read the script, and it's like it's like exactly the same thing. It's like I didn't know. You gonna make a movie about this? Exactly. And you've been talking about it
1: for years in the in the music. In the music, but I, it was underground. Yeah, you know, it was hardcore. Right. It was still taboo. Right. And yeah, John, to take it and make a movie. Yeah. And you know, I think, uh, um, do the right thing. And, yeah. And Cooley High and those movies yeah. had a profound effect on. On John, and he wanted to tell the LA story uh, and tell it right. Yeah, I mean, we had colors, but it was was that Dennis was, Hopper? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It it was uh it was it was okay for the time, yeah. but it was still was it was it? still the cops' point of view. Yeah, you know, it was yeah. it was like the police point of view. It yeah. wasn't really the the neighborhood point of view.
0: Yeah, it would be the opposite point of view in yes. a way. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. It was not necessarily a, a sympathetic movie within the community. I imagine.
1: Nah, nah. You know, um, <laughs> but you know, it was. It was. I mean, at the time, Hollywood, we understood what what it was all about. You yeah, know? we understood that it just needed new new storytellers. I feel like that's changing you. Yeah, you know, it has ebbs and flows. Mm. You know, it depends. You know what 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 sucks. Is if if I got a movie coming out, pretty much a black movie, and maybe Tyler Perry, and or or or, or, you know, uh, you know a few other Will Packer or somebody, gotta you know, if their movie doesn't do great, then the the marketing team on on my movie yeah. you start getting nervous the panic and it's like what the hell yeah his movie is about you know <laughs> he's wearing nine different outfits yeah yeah and and <laughs> and my movie is totally different subject matter yeah. and and so but you know it's still now yeah. the, the the opposite happens too yeah if if uh you know the movie does great. Yeah. Then they're gonna say, "Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna be, we're fine." Oh, this is yeah, great. This, yeah,
0: but but it's specific because no matter what the movie is, they associate it with a black movie,
1: black movie, right? And black people, right? You know, y'all go see the same movies. <laughs> so if they didn't like this one, they might not like yours, and, and that's just it's it's like utterly ridiculous. But it's still it's still you know the funk that yeah. that.
0: That yeah, comes off of Hollywood. But you've done, you know, you found your zone, you know, in terms of making successful franchises and movies. Yeah. What made you have the the confidence to sort of write a script? Did you just look at like one of John's scripts? How would you figure it out? Because it happened um, pretty
1: quick, right? Yeah, I mean, it was working with John. Yeah, he he's he he gave me the confidence, and he helped me. Yeah, and I did look at Boys in the Hood. <laughs> And I was looking at it and I yeah. was like, is that, you know, I'm looking at the structure. Sure. And I'm like, okay, this structure keeps repeating. In terms so, of like the. the you know, the, you know oh, just how, the, how, how it breaks down, how oh, it lays yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's action. Interior. Exterior. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. action. Where are you? Sure. And it's. Character dialogue, action, dialogue, yeah, yeah. action, <laughs> cut, <laughs> next scene. Yeah. Where are you? Yeah. You know. Yeah. So you just start to say, okay, this is the structure. Yeah. Now, you know, I need to see the movie. And yeah. so one day I was sitting in John Singleton's house and um he he asked me when was I gonna write a movie? Yeah. Now I hadn't did, like, we hadn't shot one day of Boys in the Hood yet. You oh, really? Know? Yeah. So this
0: is leading up to, you got the role and you're hanging out.
1: Hanging out. Yeah. And he's showing me movies. We're watching all kind of Scorsese movies. Oh, really? kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 Oh, so he was a movie. He showed me Clockwork Orange and, how'd that land? and Stanley Kubrick. How'd and, that go for you? It was dope. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm into, you know, if 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 you can... If you can capture my mind uh, where I'm in the movie, yeah, then I love it.
0: And also, know? the language of Clockwork Orange is a trip.
1: But it's, I mean, it's dope. I mean, Stanley Kubrick yeah. is just dope. Yeah, yeah, he's one of the so best. So it's almost like you're back in that film
0: class. So you already knew, you know that you know you got yeah. to look at film a certain way, and now yeah. this guy's showing you.
1: Yeah, I, yeah. I had seen. Um, um, The Adam Bomb movie that Stanley Kubrick did. Strange Love, Strange Love, Doctor Strange Love. That's a good movie. It's a great movie, and so, um, yeah, I had knew, you know, about what's, you know, yeah, great movies and good movies and bad movies and why, yeah, and so, yeah, he was he just helped me through it, and then I, he asked me that, and I'm like, what do you mean? When am I gonna write a script? Yeah, (laughs) he said, uh. If you can write records the way you write records, yeah, that vivid, you can write a script. So I went that day. Me and my wife Kim, she she's my girlfriend then. Yeah, we went to the to the Mac store on Santa Monica. And yeah, just, I bought a computer that day and <laughs> bought that Final day. Draft and I yeah. bought all this stuff he told me to get. Yeah, and I started writing that night. That night, that night, on a script called uh, "America Eats This Young," yeah, which is a title from a funkadelic album, yeah, and um, he, it, you know, he helped me kind of gr- get through it. What happened you know, to that script? I mean, it was terrible. <laughs> it was a terrible script. You know, I wasn't that good, but but I completed it. Yeah. And then I, then I wrote a second script that he helped me with called Full Life." Yeah, which was uh a guy going to prison yeah and so heavy yeah it was heavy so the third one I wrote was Friday it was yeah. you know comedy yeah and I wrote that with uh I had got my chops you know I had got you know I, I had got pretty good at, yeah. at writing writing the script so yeah me and me and DJ Pooh wrote that and that that blew up right yeah yeah that was my first one I got actually made. That's exciting. So like
0: when you when you first sit with him before you even do Boys in the Hood, you're in between NWA and your solo career too at this at that no, time. No, I left.
1: I had left NWA by the end. Okay. So had you already had a couple records out or just the one record? Just solo record was either about to come out or Okay. I, I forget what came out first. So that's I think a, my album came out before the movie.
0: Well, that's a, that's sort of like a like a, it's a transition time for you, right? Yeah, you're thinking about a lot of different things, and now you got this whole other world. You yep. got film all of a sudden, yep. and and then you and you're still killing with the with the records. Yeah, like that begins like a long run of amazing work. It, like when I look at the stuff you do, like I'm 59, you're younger than me, and like I'm I'm like, what if what do I do with
1: my time? Not much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's like I don't know. I, I, it seemed like I feel like I have a lot of dead time.
0: Dude. Do you? Because I'm looking at this resume, even just the record, the the recording stuff that you do with other people. I'm like, is every day just sort of like, okay, I'll come over, I'll do
1: it. Nah, not <laughs> really. <laughs> not really. It's uh, um, I guess. I guess. You know, when you first get into the game and you, you, you love it and, yeah. and you're successful, you, you're active. Right. You know, you, right. you want to. Yeah. You're having all these great ideas. You yeah. have access to great producers. And you got a community of people. Yeah. And you're in the game. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and so you want to. You know, you hear a record and it might inspire you to do a right. record. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. like. Yeah. Um, you're really playing the record company game, so right. to speak. You yeah, know, you want to make hits for the people who spent this money. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so you're you're really moving and shaking. Yeah, and I think an artist should always get to a point, and and I think the ones who have longevity yeah. do. Yeah, you realize at a certain point that okay, yeah, forget playing the record company game. Right. Forget who cares if my song is on the radio. Yep. Who cares if this and that? And other. That's other. You get to that point. That's, that's other people's worry, huh? You 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 start to say, well, at least I have, and I believe yeah. a lot of artists have that your your fan base is the most important.
2: Hmm.
1: Like your fans, right? You have to cater not not to the whole world. But you have to cater to your fans, right, and that's when the, that's when you decide to take control, yes, and you right. hyper um service right the ice cube fan, yeah, and everybody else you gotta get in where you fit in. what record did you realize that at um I think it was around uh around war and peace mm. oh that you know, maybe that later, maybe, yeah? maybe the Maybe the the second, the second album. Okay. Peace. Yeah. This, oh, really? Yeah. Not the predator. No, the predator. You know, you still want to, still want to be it on big. top. Make you, it wanna, big. You, you want your videos on yeah. your TV raps. You yeah. want to, you want you want to be in the game. Yeah. And I think at a certain point, who cares about the game? You right. just want to serve your clientele. So that was second war and peace. Yeah. And okay. from there on I just I don't I don't care about charts and right. and spins yeah. and, and all I care about is that my fans love the record. Right. And and that that's was that's all a, that matters. And that
0: was around what the second that's around the second Friday movie.
1: Yeah. About yeah. Like around that. Um but you know, with the second Friday movie. You know, we was just trying to do a lot of different things. You yeah. Know? It was like, how do we make, how do you, first, you can't top the first one. Yeah. It's just, yeah,
0: you know. Because that was. I, it's I, just I, impossible. Emotionally, first you can't. top it. Yeah.
1: And the second one, you, once we found out we didn't have Chris Tucker, <laughs> we we knew we couldn't stay on that block. Why and Why didn't you have him? He didn't want to do the movie. Uh-huh. He, um. Uh, at the time, he said he was he was becoming very religious, and he didn't want to use profanity and promote marijuana. Oh, I guess I guess that shit's over. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, pretty quick.
0: I, I uh <laughs> yeah. that's right. He got pretty Christian for a while. Mm-hmm. He went that way. I guess there's two there's two paths.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you got to respect a man and his God. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So. So, we, you know, we had to make the adjustment. So, okay, we need to be off the block. And I need to find, you know, you can't replace Chris, but you right. can find a funny cousin like sure. Day Day and Mike Epps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. he's just as crazy. Yeah, And yeah. so that's that's the,
0: you know, saga. Did you watch Air? Did you see the movie? I haven't seen it yet. You haven't seen it yet? No. Do you remember that time? Did that time have an impact? Because I was wondering about that, about like the time, like Air Jordans happened like 84, 85. Yeah. And I, I imagine that was a shift in perceiving what one could make of their personal brand. Yes. And, and I, I think it seems to have had an effect across all mediums. Yes. Do you remember being conscious of that?
1: Yeah. I, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, I definitely saw the rise and everybody, I think, at the time, wanted to understand
0: how to do know, it. Yeah
1: how did he How did he make it happen <laughs> like that? You know, I I think um, I think what it, what Jordan represented was an undisputed uh, measure of excellence. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like nobody. No uh, no race yeah. around the world could dispute. Right. This was the display yeah. of excellence yeah. in one's field. Yeah. You know, he became a standard. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I think that's really what helped the most, you know, as well as, you know, having some dope shoes, being very creative. Yeah his you know the moves he made yeah were calculated and smart
0: but, but it's also interesting to me like cuz in your your 30 and 31 you know the doc yeah on the raiders you know like a lot of those docs were about sports but yeah. yours was about clothes yeah really about brand yes and that you know that you know that shift in thinking cuz i it seems to me that whether I, I don't know when you became conscious of that in terms of because, you know, rap fashion, whether it, it originated in in the neighborhood or whether people made conscious decisions about it, was dictating youth culture's clothing choices.
1: Always. Yeah. You know, from from the start of—see, hip-hop started off underground. Right. But those fashions were always um, kind of spilling over into— the underground cultures of every neighborhood. Yeah. So at a certain point, hip hop became uh, somewhat mainstream. Yeah, that so was now, a good thing. Yeah. So now these fashions are impacting faster in a bigger way. But that does does mainstream mean white? Um. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it, it means. Um, you know the white power structure has control of the airwaves. Yeah. So when it hits mainstream and it hits white, now you're on the airwaves. Right. So now more people can see you. Yeah. And more people can be influenced by you know everything. What it, you know whatever they like the music the clothes yeah. the style and so um what happens is easy e happens yeah. you know easy e Little dude, so his clothes would be baggy shit. Yeah, you know, baggy. Everything's baggy. (laughs) So he becomes one of the biggest hip hop stars in the world. Did he just? So everybody starts to wear baggy clothes. You know, after
0: that. Did he just think that was cool, or was he comfortable, or what? Both. Yeah,
1: comfortable, cool, all that, and um,
0: he was a character, huh?
1: He was just a. No, he was an original. Right. You know, he's yeah, yeah. just Yeah he, I mean, I guess every neighborhood has a guy like this yeah. who just knows how to land on his feet. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, he knows yeah. how to put it together. Right. You yeah. know, no matter no matter what his bank account looked like, yeah, his flavor is on a thousand. You yeah. know what I'm yeah, saying? Right. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. um you know, that was that was easy.
0: At what Because I was I was talking to somebody about it today that You know, where where all this stuff sort of comes together, like in the mid 80s, like, you know, thinking about Jordan, thinking about fashion and and having an understanding of that to where you're like, all right, well, if if I'm going to take control of this situation, my situation personally, and stop giving a fuck about, you know, delivering the goods for the game, then, you know, that opens up the possibilities to, you you know, a type of, of popularity and wealth that, you know, is all you. Right. Yeah. And and then the, the goal becomes much bigger because you can do it across the board.
1: Yeah, man. You know, it's really all about understanding where you are in people's hearts in mm. a way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like if you feel like you've done some things to get deep in people's heart, Yeah, then you don't have to connect to the system as much. You can connect to yeah. individuals. And then you've got your people to do what you want to do
0: without you know worrying about the system.
1: Yes. Hmm.
0: Yes. So I don't. I don't want to not talk about Three Kings, and we'll talk about the, the the basketball stuff, and and always a lot to talk about. But like Three Kings is a masterpiece. I love that fucking
1: movie. Do you? Yeah, I do. You know, David O. Russell. You know, this was like a movie that he. Um, I think it might have been his second yeah, movie, I think so. And it was so big compared to his first one. Oh, Spanking the Monkey, yeah, yeah, it was a big undertaking. Um, did he do Flirting with Disaster? Was before? that before or after? Maybe, maybe before, yeah. And and so I did the movie, most of the movie, I was a little confused. Like, yeah. I'm like, why are we in milk? I'm like, I thought I was doing a war movie, right? <laughs> I thought we was gonna be shooting. I'm in milk, you know what I'm saying? Like, what the hell? hell? One milk scene. Was that the first scene you shot? One of the first scenes, uh, you know, milk. we're throwing footballs around. You know, and so to see how he was, he was very meticulous. And he was saying that in war movies, all you hear is all the shooting and shooting and shooting. He said, in this movie, every bullet is going to count. Yeah. And- And I think that was uh, a different kind of war movie. Totally. You know, when you see, you know, that shot where he says, you know, the bullet goes in here and it does all this crazy stuff. That's crazy. I don't know if people ever knew, you know, what a bullet does when it goes inside of you, you know, on that level. That was crazy, that cut. Yeah. So that kind of stuff, you know, made the movie more than just a war movie. It was like... You really cared about yeah. anybody that was going to take a bullet in that movie.
0: Yeah. And also, like, the what modern war looked like. There's only a couple movies that really kind of reinterpreted it. Black Hawk Down yeah. and Three
1: Kings. Yeah. It's a different game. Yeah, and, and that you got a lot of youngsters out there that are hella confused on what's going on. Yeah, because they don't know. They don't know what's going on. That was that was how the movie. That was what the movie
0: opened. Are we shooting? He just yeah, just just a guy over there was Gaffigan, I think. Are we shooting?
1: Yep, that's genius. The whole movie. Yeah, he was. You know, I I learned from David that you don't move that camera till you get what you want. I don't care who's yelling, who's screaming, (laughs) what the ad producers yeah, are yeah, yelling yeah. Right. you don't move that <laughs> damn camera till you get what you want yeah, because yeah. you've set up this whole thing you yeah. took a year out your life to set up this shot yeah and you got to get it yeah you, it's no <laughs> you, you can't move right we haven't gotten the shot right so that's a great lesson for a filmmaker yeah to because when you if you're just moving because you running out of time, the AD oh, is saying, yeah. "Okay, you got to move the camera, guy. Okay, we got to keep schedule. Blah yeah, blah yeah, blah." Yeah. You're just getting whatever. Yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah, yeah. You're, you're not you're not getting the goods, right? Right. You got to get the goods, yeah, yeah. Before you move the camera, yeah. Was that the first time you met Wahlberg? No, I had met him. Um, you know, I, I think I met him a few times. Yeah. Just doing the hip-hop stuff. He was doing the Funky Bunch thing, the yeah. Marky Mark stuff. So yeah, yeah. So yeah. we had ran into each other a few times. Was there respect there? Yeah, yeah. I respected him because, you know, hey, he's a kid, you know, from Boston. Mm-hmm. He's not a pushover. Mm-hmm. I knew, you know. Yeah. and And, you know, he's, he's a cool dude. You get a chance to yeah. talk to him. You know, it's hard not to like Mark.
0: Yeah, he's he's good. You guys are both good. You're good. And he, he's like the two of you. You can do comedy or serious very easily transition between the yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he's one of those guys. He can be pretty funny. Yeah. 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 He's an odd yeah. little guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's a, he was a terror on that movie, though.
2: He's Oh, yeah. yeah. Him,
1: him and George, you know, they, they love the practical jokes. Oh, they do? Joking, yeah. you know, joking each other.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pulling <laughs> pranks and shit. What about
1: Spike? Spike was uh it was cool, you know, he's like a uh, little genius. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And he it's a trip, you know, he took the role just like he played it in the movie, he was like that the whole time. Yeah. Oh really? You know, I'm like, this dude and then I heard he's doing these amazing videos and movies. Yeah. I'm like, damn. Yeah. Spike's I mean he seemed like a, you know just a goofy that guy. character. Yeah, just a yeah goofy follower. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And so just to realize how brilliant yeah. he is. I just his, watched one of his movies the other night. His, uh, it was like next level, the oh, yeah. stuff that he
0: was doing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, nothing like it. I yeah. watched Adaptation, I think, the other night. I mean, That's some of
1: his videos are
0: crazy. Yeah, crazy.
1: Yeah. He and got a broken. video he did with uh, Christopher Walken, like, yeah. dancing. Yeah. <laughs> well, that guy's a dancer. Yeah, yeah. So he got him to dance. I mean, who can get Christopher Walken to damn dance? It's, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I bet you we might. It might be easier than we think. Maybe. <laughs> Probably just gotta ask. <laughs>
0: exactly. <Yeah>. Give me <laughs> a cigarette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, how's it going with this? The big three thing is it like? Are you still at odds with the NBA, ESPN? Uh, they're at odds with me. Yeah,
1: I love the NBA. Sure, I of love course. ESPN. Yeah. And they just won't—well, ESPN, to me, is just—you know, they 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 broadcast the NBA. Yeah. It's ABC. Sure. ESPN is basically ABC Sports. Okay. And they have a deal with the NBA. And the NBA, for some reason, is threatened by, by the big three. It, now, you
0: created this thing.
1: Yes. Like, me, I, me and Jeff Quantin, who's been my— Partner, we we we've been working together for almost thirty years.
0: Now, what really on in sports and everything? Oh, really? Like, in my whole career, yeah. Oh, okay. Pretty much. Was he? He's just a, a, a creative partner, or was he? A manager, uh, I mean, or? he was
1: a manager. Oh, okay, he used yeah. to manage the firm. You know, they, yeah, yeah. they they had everybody. He was one of the oh, biggest yeah. managers. I remember that. Yeah, everywhere. So, so he just kind of broke it on down and started working with me. Uh, just you, because yeah. I was his best <laughs> client, yeah. So and smartest,
0: yeah. Oh, good, yeah. <laughs> of course. So, but the conception of this—it seems pretty exciting. What made you like, you know, think about just getting three professional basketball players
1: to be a team? Well, first, as a fan, yeah, I wanted to see it. Yeah, you know, I—I'm I, a guy who hibernates in the summer because sports are so bad. Yeah, like. When basketball season is over, don't wake me up till the start of the NFL season. Everything in between, I, I could I can, you know, yeah. I love baseball, but mid season baseball, yeah, you know, yeah. golf, all these, you know, all the sports that play in the summer, yeah. you know, are boring. Yeah. So I was like, well it must be some it must be a bunch of people out there just like me. Yeah. That need a real league in the summer. Yeah. And I had looked, you know, I had been thinking about three-on-three. Three. You know, I played a lot of three-on-three. Three, more three-on-three three than five-on-five. Five. Yeah. I think most of us who play hoops end up playing more three-on-three three than five-on-five. Five. And I was like, why hasn't it been elevated to the professional level? Mm. It's great. Yeah. And it's personal. And you can't hide. You, you can't be a defensive specialist on three-on-three. On three. <laughs> you can't be like a three-point shot guy. Yeah, yeah. You gotta, either you got game or you're going to get embarrassed. Right. <laughs> Right. Either you can dribble, pass, shoot, defend. Yeah. Or you're gonna be mopped off the court. And it's so exciting. It's 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 personal. It's yeah, exciting. Yeah, so yeah. we just was like, yo, what would a league look like? And yeah. it started. We spent a year just arguing about rules and yeah. what if this and what if that and we should do this and you know why is FIBA three on three so boring? Yeah. How can we make ours more exciting? Yeah. So we implemented the four point shot and you know one shot free throws and and what's that fourth quarter rule? Well, it, it it's it's first to fifty win. Okay, it's two halves. Yeah, first to twenty five. Okay, okay, halftime. Yeah, yeah. First to fifty yeah, win. Yeah, yeah. So we got fourteen seconds on the shot clock, so yeah. you got to play fast. Yeah, and you know it's it's just great. And we got a rule we got we got a rule called bring the fire. So yeah. if you don't like a foul, yeah. Your coach don't like the foul. Yeah, the two players can go one on one for the, you know, you, you know, see who. If, if it was really a foul, if you make it, you yeah. you, you know. This is it. like gladiator basketball. It's it's so fun. Yeah, and, and they can trash talk. Yeah, it's not like you know they hand check, so you right. can play real defense. So the reason the NBA is threatened by this is because it's exciting and it's not stiff. Yes, and and our games last an hour, so you could play three big three games same amount of time you could play one NBA game. Uh-huh. And, you know, people want things bite-sized. They want things faster. Yeah. So it's more, you know, it was it was a sport made for this millennium. Yeah. Yeah. And not for the last. And people love it? Year. They love it. You know, our ratings are better than NHL, MLS, um, XFL, you know, give me a break. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, we're getting... Almost 700,000 people watching.
0: That's great. Yes. And what this is the sixth season? Sixth season, yeah. And now all these players, you know, people
1: know already too, most of them, right? Most of them, yeah. You know, we use players that some have um, kind of washed out the NBA. Yeah. But some of them never made it. So right. they're, they're showcasing their talent, you know, from 22 years and up. Yeah. If you can make it, you yeah, can show. How many Maybe teams are there? 12
0: teams. And are you finding that there's team allegiance among the fans?
1: Yes, definitely. Oh, yep. Yeah. Um and what's cool is we're we're starting to sell teams now to owners. So teams are gonna represent cities. Really? So, so that's gonna be real cool aspect of it.
0: So this is like this is this is great because you have a little beef or the NBA has a little beef with you and that's it puts a little fire, right? And yeah. you you're like them
1: let's go I mean at the end of the day yeah we would love to work with them I yeah. think we got a complimentary league yeah but we're getting to a point where we won't need them yeah they're gonna yeah they're gonna ask, they're, they're gonna come asking one day and we're gonna probably say thank you but no thank
0: you well that's the same place you got with the music where you know you put you're in the game and then you're like you are the game yes right so yeah. this has kind of repeated itself now in sports,
1: now you're a sports manager, producer. Yeah. You didn't see that coming, did you? Not at all. <laughs> and I'm having the time of my life because yeah. I've always had the table set for me. Yeah. You know, here's the stage. Yeah. The set is ready. Yeah. Now I'm setting the table for, for my favorite people. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like, yo, I set the court, Yeah, yeah. get yeah. a chance to watch them go do their right. thing. Right, right, you know, yeah. Well, that's exciting. It is. It's fun, man, yeah. you know, to be at this point in my life and to be able to to take on something that's much bigger than me.
0: And also something you grew up loving and never ever saw yourself. How would you be part of that?
1: Exactly. You know? Exactly. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it must uh,
0: just be like there must be parties like a kid. You're just like watching this.
1: Yeah. And, <laughs> and then you have to grow up because you have to really actually— make it work yeah so so we still got a lot of work to do sure but but we still having fun
0: but it's new work and it's fun yeah you got now your
1: grandfather yeah 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 that's that's a whole other thing i mean that's great sorry that's great um you know having my granddaughter jordan yeah you know she five now yeah so yeah it's just it reminds you of why you doing it what you need to do, yeah, um, and what kind of legacy you need to leave. How is it different having a grandfather than a father? You can send them home. <laughs> <laughs> you can send them home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can just be the best. Have the yeah, best time, all, and then, you know. All the fun, Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and you can spoil them and yeah. can do all that stuff. And, yeah. Yep, and then somebody else has to.
0: <laughs> deal with the tough yeah, stuff. Deal,
1: deal with getting them back. Yeah, you know, focused. Yeah. Well, it was great talking to you, man. You too. Thanks for coming. Appreciate it.
0: All right, there you go. Big three starts up in June. Go to big three the number three dot com for tickets. Hang out for a second, people. Last week on the full Marin, we posted my reaction immediately after the Ice Cube talk. That episode is called Ice Cube Just Left. Go check it out with a full Marin subscription. This week, we posted another Ask Mark Anything episode where I got into your questions. Which non-comedian guest on the show was truly and unexpectedly hilarious? Oh, well, just in recent memory, Hugh Grant totally surprised me and was very funny. There's been a lot of funny people. I think I remember Josh Brolin being pretty funny, Uh, but Hugh Grant was like a total curveball to me. Hilarious. For all the full Marin bonus content, plus every episode of WTF ad-free, go to the link in the episode description to sign up or go to WTFpod.com and click on WTF+. Next week, I talk to Paul Schrader on Monday, and then on Thursday, I talk to music biographer and critic and a musician in his own right, Warren Zanes, about his new book about the creation of Bruce Springsteen's Nebraska. All right, let's play some guitar now. Monkey and La Fonda cat angels are everywhere. <laughs>